Hello and Happy New Year from me, Jay, and LJ. We are so excited to be able to offer you the first recovery story of 2024. Do you need some hope? I know that it is so helpful to have inspiring, motivational, and hopeful stories as part of your recovery process so that you know you're not alone and that you can do this. So listen in as Mimi and I talk about her inspirational, just amazing story of recovery. And my hope for you is that you can take this with you As you enter into 2024, knowing that you can make the changes that she made too, you can take action, find the truth, and start standing up for yourself and taking back your life. So I hope that this story is as inspirational to you as it was to me, and I will see you all next year for another episode. I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hi, Mimi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm doing good. It's good to have you on. Good. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. (laughs) It has been a long time coming. Yeah. So we were just talking before the show of like, where do we start? Because we've known each other since you came up with it 2018. That's a long time. Yeah, definitely. A long time. It feels longer (laughs) in some ways. Yeah, for sure. No, it really does. I think it's because you've been through so many different, at least on my end, it's because you've been through so many different phases and changes in life since 2018. Wow. Yeah, definitely. A lot happens in five years. So let's just start there. Why don't you start with letting everybody know, like, what led you to seek therapy? How did you end up finding me? How did that all transpire? Yeah. um, So I guess... Uh, the backstory is that I was just, I was really unhappy (laughs) and we can kind of talk about that a little bit more in detail, I guess, um, in a bit. But, um, the reason I came to you, um, was because when I, around the time that I turned 30, I had a little bit of a freak out and I just kind of remember, like over a period of time feeling like this can't be my life. Like I, I'm 30 now and I just, this can't be the rest of my life. Um, so I took some pretty drastic moves after that. Um, I've always sort of been one to, to do that kind of thing. And in this case, it really worked out. The impulsive behavior worked out, <laughs> but I, um, I quit my job. I, yeah pretty immediately got a new job and I moved across the country from Denver out to Philadelphia. And the job that I got in Philly was um, really flexible and kind of honestly like lackadaisical in a lot of ways. So I decided that um, I was just going to spend a lot of time alone and my full-time job was going to be like getting my shit together, I guess. So that's, that's how we came to meet each other and you were the first person that I found on BetterHelp. <laughs> yeah. Wow. BetterHelp. Like yeah. just so long ago. So your story is unique in that, well, one, your impulsive behavior, like you said, it worked for you. I love the way you say that. It's true. It just so sort of happens to align with all, like all of these different things align so that you can have the opportunity to work on yourself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the, 
things that I kind of joke about now going back to the impulsive behavior is that um, one of the reasons I even really came to realize how unhappy I was is because I did some psychedelics and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. Like I'm so messed up. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and so that all those like things that I used to do that, um, you know, maybe at the time weren't with the best intention, they worked out, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. they put you on the right path. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And you were trying to find yourself in a way like it's interesting. We talk about identity development in just like the the uh, recovery journey. And for you, that was something you were trying to do by being in Philly, right? Uh, now, I would say, yeah, but I don't think I knew that at the time. Um, like looking back, I know now that I I hadn't I had no identity. Uh, the I subscribed to a narrative about my identity that had kind of been put on me my whole life from external sources. Right. Um, and I, but I didn't know, like, I had no clue that I didn't have one. I thought I had an identity. Um, and I just knew that I was really unhappy. So now looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I didn't have one and I needed to get one. And so that's what I was doing when right. I was back in Philly was developing it. But I don't think I saw that necessarily at the time. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I, it's interesting. This is actually even more interesting because I'm realizing just as we're talking that you and I met before I even started this podcast. So I didn't even yeah. have any of that. I had better help. Yeah. And then I popped from better help actually to an office in Britain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which you would come to see me, which is really cool. We got to like actually hang out with one another. I know. And then we went on hikes and stuff too, which was we, super cool. <laughs> you know, it was so cool. It, you and me and Kacha, that was like when we had first gotten Kacha, we went yeah. on hikes. It was like nature, nature therapy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We had a good time. That was awesome. And so the reason that's important, I think for I, listeners here and then just you and I, you know, in this, like, this is almost like a preservation of our history and like a celebration of all the things that you've accomplished this episode, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the reason that's important is because there are things that I didn't know how to tell, how to describe to you at the time. I would just talk from my own experience in a lot of areas because I didn't have the same skills and knowledge, skill set and knowledge base back then. That was five years ago. So yeah. things like mentalization, I never really like describe that until later on, identity development, that kind of thing. But I don't yeah. know your thoughts on that. How did you get through it all? Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's been cool to also kind of see how you've changed too, because I've definitely like, as we've known each other, I have noticed a lot of the concepts have gotten more refined, <laughs> Yeah, you know, which makes it easier for me to talk about them because it's like, it's one thing when we know what's going on, both of us, but it's another yeah. when we both know how to articulate it too. You know, <laughs> true story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that brings us to our usual first question. Well, the thing that I usually ask, which is like, tell us how and when you receive your diagnosis. And you didn't <laughs> receive a diagnosis. No. Give you one. No, I never had a diagnosis. And, and we were laughing because, like, by the time, that you had suggested to me that I might have these qualities yeah. um, of BPD, I was already working with you and in a recovery, you know, program. So it was, 
it was kind of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, you know, I think that's helpful. Um, you know, I just don't feel like it at that point, it was just too late. It was like, well, duh, like, you know, yeah. so moving on. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I didn't give you the diagnosis because I didn't, at the time I was like, I hadn't, I didn't have the business. So yeah. what I was doing was we we're working closely together and we were doing coaching and you had some trauma. So we were just trying to, I was going to go in a direction and you were just coming with me. That's how I've always been. Yeah. And then when yeah. I realized like, Hey, like who it's interesting. Cause when I, you know how you're doing a business and you have to look at like your ideal client, one thing that you might not know is like Mimi was an ideal client. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, we, we did great work together and I had known that kind of preemptively, but I didn't connect the BPD. But anyway, I think it ends up, I don't know if it ends up hurting you. What do you think? Do you think you would have liked me to have figured or told you sooner or focused on it? Nah, I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, okay. at that point it was just, like I said, it was irrelevant. I mean, it's a useful tool for sure. I mean, I think that like if the circumstances were different, sure. Maybe that would have been really helpful. But by that point, you know, yeah. I was like pretty aware of, to some degree what was going on and what needed to happen. So, yeah. you know, um, and now I, I suppose it's, it's useful to kind of use that language when I'm talking to someone else who, you know, maybe I'm trying to articulate a challenge or something like with my partner, you know, when I started dating him, I kind of just had to throw that out there. Um, Right. Like, this is something that I struggle with. And so to make it easier for him to comprehend, sure, that was like a helpful thing to say. But it's not like I'm going to, you know, I don't like go around saying like I have BPD necessarily. I will in certain circumstances, but I don't like identify with that concept necessarily. So yeah. even though I'm sure, I mean, I'm almost certain I do have it, but <laughs> again, like I just don't it's irrelevant. So. Right. It's not. It, and that's the, that's where we started. We started with, it doesn't really matter what it is. I think, you know, that's something that I was big about big into. And then as it unfolds, I think the thing that was so um, kind of stood out to me was the mentalizing lack of mentalizing, which I didn't call it that back then. I just said that we had to help with like you seeing the big picture of people and relationship and like understanding other people's perspectives. So we just did a lot yeah. of, right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That like, it's funny because like empathy, I guess was how yeah. I think we kind of categorized it. And like, I've, I've worked in healthcare my whole life and it's very easy for me to empathize with like complete strangers, but it was like, I had no concept of how to do that with people in my life, you know, like friends and family and stuff. It was just like, Oh, you're yeah. close to me. Like, I don't, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> But I, it was like the easiest thing in the world to do it with someone I don't know. And I mean, I have some ideas as to like why that was maybe the case, um, right. you know, because in a lot of ways it's it's sort of easier because you don't have to do the work with like strangers <laughs> in that way, you know. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a big focus for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was. And I think that that became really focal point is figuring out what are all these narratives? What are these big emotions? What are the narratives or the stories my emotions are telling me? And is that taking me further away from who I want to be or getting me closer to, you know, where I want to be and who I want to be? And you've had quite a bit of like uh, valleys and uh, 
successes over the years. So can you tell us a little bit about the story of recovery and how it's kind of unfolded for you? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we started working together, you know, I had already kind of taken that first step. I like committed that this was going to be something I would do like 110%, you know? Um, so yeah. I just kind of threw myself into that and basically just like stopped thinking about it <laughs> and stopped talking about it and just like do it. You know, <laughs> that's what I, I just like, whatever you told me to do, like, I just did it, you know, you um, yeah. because I was so burnt out. I was like, I just, I don't have it in me to like weasel my way out of this or try to make excuses or anything. Just like do the thing <laughs> and we'll see if it works. And it did. So, um, so yeah, it's, I started changing like pretty uh, significantly while I was living in Philadelphia. I was there from 2018 until I think like the very end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021. I can't really remember now because that's all like a blur time period. But um, I, I mean, people now even will like still come up to me and tell me that, you know, they, they see that. I'm just like a completely different person. Like, especially when I moved back to Colorado, like people who knew me before were like blown away um, at the changes I had made. And, um, you know, and, th and at that point, I really, that was just like the very beginning too. So, um, yeah, it's so true. you know, it was a lot of just like we said, like working on that empathy or the mentalizing, um, really like taking the time to stop and like think about things <laughs> in that way. I'm a super like reactive person. And so just like slowing down <laughs> with things yeah. and um, you know, the, the favorite like line of mine is that feelings are not facts, you know? <laughs> so yeah. um, if I am having a big feeling like recognizing that um, and, and being able to kind of like see, the situation for what it is it's like really hard to learn how to do that when you've never done that your whole life you know <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah those were really big things i just kind of chipped away at like over time and i have you know people in my life that i grew up with who live out in philadelphia and so um a lot of that took place like in those relationships you know um like i would be if i was having a freak out like <laughs> you know somebody <laughs> who is close to me might say something like, um, you know, are you actually just really scared right now? Or, you know, like yeah. something like that, um, <laughs> which was helpful, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and uh, honestly, like probably the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from that time when like those significant changes were being made was just like telling the truth which was just a completely foreign concept to me. Like I had just never lived in a world where that was valuable, like by any means. So, so like to sit there and say like, is this true right now? Um, what's actually going on? <laughs> like that was huge. And I would say that's the thing that I probably had to do the most. It was like every minute of every day, I kind of had to be like, is this real right now? <laughs> like, am yeah. I telling the truth? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And you had to do, 
it's interesting because as you talk, I, you know, I think of like the development of your, just everything that you had been through and you're in Philly for all, you know, I guess like right before, right till COVID ish. And then Mm -hmm. I think at one point, like earlier on, I mentioned, Hey, like at one point you'll probably end up going home. Like, do you remember your reaction to that? And then I was like, no, I remember that too. Cause I think there were a couple of conversations about that. Cause one of yeah. them you were like, we were talking about like looking for the like ideal kind of partners or yeah. whatever. And you were like, I think maybe you need to go home to find that. And I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, what, yeah. what is she talking about? I'm never going back to Colorado. And then like literally within six months <laughs> from that <laughs> conversation, I was back. <laughs> you had moved um, you had gotten some roommates and it went south and yeah I was like, that went you really know south. if you're thinking was, this through that was yeah. particularly interesting because that whole time i had been living alone which was like amazing and yeah. then i you know did that thing that i seem to always do where i convince myself it'll be better to save some money and get a roommate. And then one of the roommates that I lived with was literally like living with an old version of myself. And I was just like, get me out of here. (laughs) I can't. Oh yeah. That Um, was when the diagnosis came up right around that. Yeah, that was around the time. Yeah. And then also like I was spending a lot of time back in Colorado anyway, because COVID I kind of like, forced myself to get stuck out here because I was like, oh, I don't want to be stuck in Philly like, with these people in my house, right. you know? So yeah. um, I kind of forced myself to get stuck here for a long time. And I was just like in my parents' basement and kind of coming to terms with the fact that like, yeah, I probably have BPD. <laughs> and, um, and then all of a sudden living back here seemed like perfect, you know? <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that's what I'm doing. So I, I literally just flew back home and packed up all my stuff in like two weeks or something and then just drove back by myself. So that was a huge turning point for you. That was the point where you realized that running, being in a different physical location isn't going to help no. with the issues you're having. And you had a lot more compassion for your family. You had developed that. So when you went home, you were able to repair. I mean, you've done, you did a lot of repairing within yourself at that point and then repairing mm-hmm. with those familial relationships too, right? Yeah, that was a huge thing for me too, because I think it was really important for me during the last couple of years to live with my parents and just like rebuild that relationship. Like you said, I mean, in a lot of ways, it wasn't even a rebuild. It was just like a development because like with my mom, for example, we just had never really had a good relationship. And so, um, so it was really nice. I don't live with them anymore, but I, you know, I'm so glad that I did because for the, I, let's see, I came back in like 2021 and I stayed for like almost three years. And honestly, like I loved it <laughs> and I never would have thought that I could <laughs> say that, but like, I loved living with them <laughs> um, and hanging out with them and just like getting to know them and having this different relationship and like just being close to my sister as well, you know, um, yeah. and having a relationship with her. So, yeah. Yeah. And you were the black sheep of the family so oh god yeah <laughs> black sheep in 2018 too what's your family life like now what are the relationships like with your your mom your dad your sister 
Yeah, they're um, they're really good. Um, I think that. I mean, I'm still sort of like the weird one out <laughs> sometimes, but like it's yeah, fun. Right. <laughs> um, and and now I just like I don't hang on to that as like a problem. You know, it's like entertainment. Um, but it's really good. I mean, I feel like especially with my mom, like we just had so many challenges over the years. And I when I came back, I really just made a serious commitment to myself that I was just not going to care about all the things that she had wrong with her um, and that she had done wrong or whatever. Um, and I just... I used to get so angry at her um, because like everyone, like she's got her own traumas and problems and, you know, things that she's dealing with and yeah. they come out in a multitude of interesting ways. But um, I, <laughs> I used to get really angry about it, you know, like, why can't she just stop or whatever, you know? And now I just don't, you know? So when she's like engaging in behaviors that are like odd, or frustrating, I kind of just laugh about it, you know, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm so funny, you know, <laughs> and um, yeah. or I just like, you know, I know when to walk away, um, you know, if she's not in a good headspace or whatever. Um, and also, like, when she's doing things that normally would have really pissed me off, I will make a point to just like walk up to her and give her a hug or something and just be like, I love you, you know, <laughs> and I could have never imagined that, you know? Um, yeah. And um, so that was, that was the most significant one. My relationship with my dad hasn't changed that much um, just cause he's always, we've, he's always been like the, the very like peaceful one in the family. Mm -hmm. um, but we bond a little bit more over the fact that we're like the two people who've been, who just consistently have to like let her be, let my mom be wacky, you know? And so we bonded over that, you know, like we'll be sitting there and kind of laughing at each other. Like, isn't she funny, you know? So I feel like it's, our relationship has changed in that I feel like he, he probably feels, I can only guess, but he probably feels like he has someone like sitting like on his side a little bit, you know, and like seeing yeah. it from his perspective. Um, Cause he's, always been like that like those qualities that i try to do now with my mom my dad's always been that way he's always just completely accepted her for who she is and and now i do too so we both are like on the same page with that <laughs> and um yeah and yeah and then with my sister um we just like I, I don't know i just realized we have so much in common you know and i didn't think that before because again i was like living with this narrative identity that was so far off and it was just like you know i don't get you we don't like the same things you know but like we do and yeah. i just like really enjoy hanging out with her she's like the funniest person i know so um yeah i i like just spending time with her and like laughing and stuff which is just not something we ever did our whole lives we have a bit of an age gap so it was always just like we were never on the same page, you know? And she had her own kind of narratives that were put on her as well too, you know? It was very much like this convenient little movie narrative of like, one of you is like a bubbly little cheerleader and the other one is like this goth, you know, or angry girl. And that <laughs> yeah. like, 
was what we just we subscribed to that for so long and it's actually just completely not even remotely true so yeah yeah and you guys were able i think the thing that fascinates with me about you and your sister is that you go from black sheep like runs away from your family back to them and then your sister starts having struggles with mom right like just not understanding behavior and she's like asking you questions so you, now you're teaching her hey this is just the way she is and hey guess what i'm a little quirky too we're all quirky yeah so you start like becoming the person that she goes to which also deconstructs that black sheep narrative right what was that like oh yeah that was really interesting because yeah she's on her own like therapy journey and she had to go through a period where she had to just feel frustrations while she kind of separated herself from my parents for the first time and like finally realized that like they're just human and they mess up sometimes you know mm -hmm, um yeah. and that she you know now she's kind of on her own journey to like make her own new family and not be attached to them in that way so she went through some periods where she was pretty angry and um there were some like incidences that happened where you know she kind of lost her temper and um you know and that's very easy to do sometimes with my family but um one of the most like validating things was like she told me that like at one point pretty soon after i had moved back she told me one day when we were hanging out she was like she had just had this big like blow up fight on Mother's Day um, with like all of us there. It was awful. And there was a lot of just like backlash afterwards. And she told me after the fact, she was like, I just feel like in that moment, I, I finally understood what it was like to be you <laughs> your whole life because I'm sitting there like trying to scream at everyone about what is happening and nobody is listening and they're just doubling down and i feel like i'm going crazy because of it and i was like yeah like <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome to my world you know and and then we just kind of had to work through together like i was like you know you were right in that argument like you were absolutely the person who was right but your delivery was terrible <laughs> you know yeah. and that was not the time and so you know you got to figure out a better way to you know send that message because i wasn't the time or the place and she she knew that at that point she was like yeah you're right you know so it's like we're helping each other you know with those yeah. things um because you know there's a lot of areas that like i am also continued to be like incredibly stunted in a lot of areas of life mm -hmm. um and she's helped me so much with that. You know, I had no concept of how to like think about my future or like my finances or like, you know, just adult things like that she was doing like a long time before me, you know, um, mm -hmm. and like keeping my cool about those things and like having some perspective about like planning for your future a little bit, you know, she's been very helpful with that. So, yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot can happen in five years. I mean, it's just like phenomenal to hear you go from like, you know, leaving, running away from yourself, really. But we know that there's a part of you that's like running from Colorado. And like you, when I first met you, you're like, I'm never going back there. There's I know. no chance. Not, <laughs> not. Meanwhile, wait till they hear like where you're at. And I just want to pause a minute there because a lot of the times people think it takes years and years and years and years, especially with me. I, for me, it's been many more than five. I mean, I want to say 
I don't know off the top of my head how many it's actively been, but more than 10. So like people look at my story and they're like, wow, I have to wait that long. I definitely think, no, you started, how long do you think before you, well, first of all, the one thing you did say you did is you went all in and you did, I remember that there were things you were stubborn about, but they were not because you were being active, like intentionally stubborn. They were like understanding issues, things you just didn't understand and weren't comfortable at first i couldn't conceptualize a lot of things in the beginning but it doesn't mean that like i wasn't you know still trying to do it you know <laughs> i was just mad at you like all the time in the beginning <laughs> we're frequently so, mad. i remember one time you had blueberries you're in my office you intended to eat your blueberries and then they never got eaten because you were quite upset with me <laughs> that's like a vivid memory for me <laughs> yeah it's funny you know, well, my delivery wasn't as like I do think I've worked hard on my delivery so to be fair to you you know my delivery wasn't always great but highly impactful so we'll just focus on that (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah you know and and can you why were you angry do you remember because you were telling me the truth and I didn't want to accept it (laughs) so like that was 99.9 percent of the time that's what was going on yeah you know and now it's funny because if we're having a conversation like in a session or whatever, and I disagree with something or think you've said something incorrectly, I don't feel that emotional attachment to it anymore. I just will like message you later and be like, I don't think you said that correctly, or I think you meant something else, or, you know, can you explain this more? Because I'm trying to understand, like, I just really kind of, slowed down in terms of not just jumping to like she sucks you know yeah. <laughs> like, yeah um which was i mean i honestly can't tell you why i did that with you because even our first session i remember i was like really pissed off because yeah. it didn't go like i had signed up for like that like text session or something i didn't yeah. i did it wrong and then i was like mad that we weren't talking on the phone and i mean it's amazing to me that i didn't just walk away then and never look back because that's how that was like normally how I dealt with things. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know, for whatever reason, you know, um, something in me just like made me uh, stick it out with you, even though like, especially in the beginning, I was just always angry at you. Yeah, you're so. always angry. But I think you knew and you had said at one point, like, it's not I'm, you weren't even angry at me necessarily. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you had done like BJJ. No, you were doing Muay Thai. So we had some Thai, connection. Yeah. too for sure you know yeah i was getting my aggression out in a healthier way at that point so maybe just like was a little easier to tolerate some of those feelings you know you were angry and reactive and moderately scary at times yes also really kind and compassionate i mean just like honestly and that's so different from you today and i was going to ask you actually saying it so let's look at you know my original thing is was like what uh, what are the f- top five things you learned? I think maybe you could say instead, because you had said I was really unhappy. You can talk about like how life was. Yeah, and for sure. What life is like now and what you foresee. Because again, that five years, like that's not a long time. And it only no. took a year for huge progress, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, it just happened very quickly for me. Um you know, and obviously it's like, it's, it's never, there's never really like an end point, but like, yeah, I, I saw, I felt differences like pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it was definitely, it can happen really fast, you know, but I was also really fortunate in that I was in a position where I could 
really just hyper focus on it, you know? That, and yeah. that's the other thing is like, I'm the other thing that I never got diagnosed with was ADHD. <laughs> so right. like when I go in on something, I go like thousand percent in on it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, hyperbolically, yep. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I guess the best way that I could describe what life was like before was that it kind of felt like being on this roller coaster in a way where I just, I never knew when the next big drama was coming. Mm -hmm. And so I was always scared. Like it was just like nothing lasts, like waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of thing. Um, and then the problem with that is that the way that I express fear is with anger. So like yeah. I walked around being angry, like most of the time, I was just a really angry person. I always had a chip on my shoulders. I was always scowling. I was always like getting into fights and arguments with people, debates. Like I just, I never knew how to relax, you know, because yeah. like my default factory setting was just like terror all the time, you know, right. and, and not in the sense of like, you know, you think your life is in danger or whatever, but in that way, that's like social rejection, that like lizard brain kind of thing, you know, where it's just like, someone's mad at me, I did something wrong, I screwed this up, or, you know, or there's a problem now or something that I don't know how to deal with. Like it was just always just this fear, this constant fear. And so I was just mad, yeah. like basically all the time. So Are you tired of feeling frustrated, resentful or disconnected from your family, friends and partner? Thrive? Mind Body LLC Mindset Coaching and Counseling can help you. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. Again, that's thriveonlinecounseling.com. I would get mad at just like things not working out like in my life, you know, and and as I said before, like I've worked in healthcare for like that's been my career is in different healthcare roles and so like most of my days were filled with like unexpected dramas and like, I just had no concept of how to cope with them, you know? So yeah. like, um, so like I would just get mad at circumstances, like for no reason, like, oh, of course the computer's not working right now. Or like, of, of course I like forgot to get gas and now I have to stop and now I'm going to be late and it's not my fault. Just the world sucks. You know, <laughs> like that was like, how I was walking around in the world and, and even more with relationships. Like when, when I would have an argument with my family, well, of course it's going to happen this way. Like I'm the black sheep. They hate me. They're awful, whatever. Or with like um, dating, you know, of course mm -hmm. this person is going to cheat on me or break up with me or whatever, you know, like that's just what they do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I was really mad all the time about that, about like just the circumstances of life, you know? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think like you are also, like you said, scared and deeply sad because people had left you. So you were only yeah. leaving because you are expecting and angry because you are expecting other people to leave you. You know, for even sure. like you and I, you're expecting me to lead you in a bad direction. So I just kept telling you the truth time and time again, which is helpful because you didn't have anyone who was able to like overlook the anger because you're a fighter. Right? Yeah. Like, 
were a fighter. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, like it's, it was, it's just a really beautiful thing to see that you were able to soften through having the time, the truth, the will to want to do things differently. And even then you were dating, like you were willing to date during that time, which is <laughs> quite a process. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I don't. I don't even know how I had the <laughs> capacity, honestly. <laughs> well, I made that a requirement because I'm like, how are you supposed to learn to be in relationships yeah. if you don't date? So you started like begrudgingly did it, and you've gone through so many different. Like it's almost like you grew up through being a teenager to now to find your person, which you've found. You're with a person now. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I, I had a lot of catch up to do and I guess I just did it like at hyperspeed or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're pretty intentional about it though. You definitely set out to like find your person and that it was, that's an interesting thing to, to talk about too a little bit just because I know that it wasn't comfortable and you went in so many different directions to finally land where you've landed, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think like in the beginning, it was just like getting comfortable with the idea of of like, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, like trying it out, you know, with people and just seeing yeah. that I could because I had never acted normal in a relationship. And so I think in the beginning, I just wanted to show myself that I could act normal. So like the couple of people that I dated when I was in Philly, they were very short relationships, but they were super like informative and helpful for me because it was me like i would say they were very successful <laughs> because yeah i never once like screamed at someone or like did you know erratic behavior like it was never like my usual crap you know <laughs> so mm -hmm. i was like this didn't work out and i hope you have a great life and also like this was really great for me <laughs> you know thank you <laughs> and, like, yeah. and then that and then we just leave and try again with someone else you know and so that was really um helpful because i just i think i was just scared that i didn't know how to i just honestly just thought i could never do that i thought i didn't i don't know how to be normal in a relationship i don't know how to act like a normal human so i yeah. needed to show myself that i could you know um yeah. even though they weren't like people that i was gonna end up with in the long term so yeah yeah, it was good to when you start to try to find who out who you are, what your identity is, trying to figure out what person is going to match that can be quite a journey. Yeah, willing to do it, which is awesome. And act normal. You mean what do you mean by that? Can you define that just for the audience? I know. What you yeah, mean. yeah. I guess just um, like actually being nice and thoughtful and like caring for someone and not like being totally self centered and selfish all the time and. Yeah. not um i would lie a lot you know like mm -hmm. about just dumb shit like that i don't even know why i was lying about it um just just constantly like lying about little things here and there lying about big things sometimes um i would pick fights with people for no reason maybe to like push them away and kind of live up to that narrative i had in my head of you're gonna leave anyway um i yeah. would get like physically violent with people i would do things to like intentionally not be present you know with them like i didn't know how to deal with emotions so instead of like sitting in some kind of like 
feeling of love for someone, I would like go get drunk or whatever, you know, <laughs> like just stuff that yeah. makes no sense, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just like, I thought that that relationships were like intense, you know? And um, I just wanted to, to show myself that I could be non, not intense, <laughs> you know, in a relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You went and you went intensely into recovery too. Cause I'm even remembering like you struggled with anger and depression and suicidality and episodes and also like autoimmune disorder stuff, which is connected to the body image. Isn't that all kind of connected? Like the disorder. Oh, eating, for sure. Exercising. You want to talk sure. a little bit about that before we talk about how life is now? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's pretty, it's like a pretty textbook scenario. I think I just grew up in a, in a family where there were a lot of narratives about like food and body and control and things like that. Um, and we don't have to go into all of that, but that was just something that like is very um, ingrained in me mentally. And so it was just a really easy avenue for me to like, um, you know, enact some of my, neuroses and stuff <laughs> and like control issues and control. In that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just struggled with that stuff my whole life. And, um, and also, yeah, like, um, physiologically, like I know now that I have some autoimmune problems that absolutely are yeah. gonna have an effect on my brain chemistry, you know, mm -hmm. um, so I have to pay really close attention to, to that. Um, and it's funny because like, I remember when I used to talk to you in the beginning about how like, well, my goal is like, I wanna stop like feeling bad about my body and I wanna stop like overeating and over exercising and all this crap or, and, or I think another thing I said was I wanted to like, I thought I had a drinking problem. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, you were like, you don't you don't actually have those problems. So like, if you do what I tell you to do, that stuff is just gonna go away, you know, like all that crap's just gonna go away. And it was like weird, cause I just couldn't fathom how that was true, but it was like, it was, because now it's like, I just, it's like not even on my radar to to think like, oh, like you, you're a problem drinker, you know? <laughs> like I didn't drink for a really long time, um, but I just, now it's like, I don't care. It's like, I can go, do that socially and it's fine um and with the body stuff it's like of course i'm still gonna like have days where yeah. i just don't feel great about how you look that's like normal you yeah. know mm -hmm. um and you know that probably is just something that's like maybe a little bit harder to break down but like now i actually feel like i care about my health yeah. um versus like how i look you know like i'm more concerned about what's going on inside you know um yeah, for and sure. uh, yeah, and a lot of that is with has to relate to like those autoimmune things, you know, because I just I had never really um, all that autoimmune autoimmune stuff really kind of like busted out like I now know after I had COVID and there was like a perfect storm of things that happened that led them to really like come to the surface, you know, um, and so now I um, I don't know I just care so much more about like taking care of myself you know <laughs> because yeah. being sick like that was like really scary and 
awful. And now I just like when things are functioning well, I'm so appreciative of it that I'm like, am I really going to be mad at myself because I like gained a couple pounds during the holiday season or whatever? Like, that's so right. stupid. Like, it's better than being in the hospital, you know, because you like your body's shutting down, you know? Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, there, you know, it's like you're laughing. I wonder if that's because it's so that like it's different like the thought still comes up i'm sure because first of all yeah. this is culture and society and it, it is hard to break it down but when it comes up you're probably like hey that's kind of silly like don't think like that think about how you feel is that right yeah yeah and like lately you know i i, th I told you before we got on here like i had been experiencing some like work stress so kind of haven't been making like the best choices for myself. And when I am like talking about it with my partner, it's never in the context of like, oh, I feel fat. It's like, oh, I just feel really like sluggish or something, you know? Like it's very much based on like intuitive like feelings rather than just like, oh, I, I think I look bad or like, I never, I never think I look bad, you know? <laughs> like that's, yeah. not, that's not a problem anymore, um, yeah. you know? So that's, it all ties together, I guess, in that way. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. Well, first, you didn't know that you had autoimmune. And that's kind of what I wanted to bring it up. Because like, in, when I first met you, you didn't know so much about your autoimmune disorder, because you had a flare up, you probably already always had autoimmune stuff. Would you say that's true? Looking back on it? Yeah, I think that it was just a bit more like dormant. Right. Throughout my life. And I and I know now too, kind of like digging into the family structure that it's very much like genetic inherited things. Mm -hmm. And then when you like the way that it was kind of described to me was like, genetics, um, they load the gun, and then your environment pulls the trigger. Yeah. And yeah, so that's like what happened to me, because obviously, I was engaging in behaviors <laughs> for a really long time that were not conducive to someone with an autoimmune <laughs> issue. Yeah. Um, and then I just already had that predisposition. And then you take something like, you know, getting really sick, or get it having like an incredibly stressful situation come up. And then the next thing you know, you're like in the hospital, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And all through that happening, that was like, so that's like 2021, tw end of 2020, that area, all through that happening, you're still in recovery, which I think is just amazing. Yeah. Fascinating. And you're still home. You, you're back yeah. in Colorado at that time, trying to go through all that. And you tried out that carnivore diet. So the day this podcast releases will be me, my 365 days of carnivore Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. That's so that's cool. an interesting thing. We have similar temperaments, similar, like, yeah. it's, you know, similar ways of being. I think you and I are very similar, which is part of why it worked and even like body chemistry wise. So I wonder if that's like yeah. a another similarity that you just so happened upon carnivore, which was way before that was even mentioned to me by my doctor. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was so resistant to it at first because I was like, I'm not into this I'm just not into this, you know, I don't, I hate like vegan. bad stuff, you know? Well, yeah, I've been vegan for, or vegetarian for years and like off and on vegan. And it's funny because like when I look back on just like weird little things that I never noticed, like I just never had nails. They were always breaking, you know, just like little yeah. things like that. But even just the mood, you know, like my, my moods were just so erotic and stuff. And I had no fat in my diet like whatsoever. And so I did start eating meat um, a bit before I did the carnivore thing. Um, 
But I started working with a nutritionist who's a friend of mine. And, um, and she was like, look, I know you're going to hate this, but I just, you said you were willing to try anything. And I really want you to just give carnivore a try for 60 days. I don't believe that it's like something you're supposed to do forever. Like some of these Instagram people say, but, um, she was like, I really do think that it's going to help though. Like if you can do it temporarily. So I literally just did it for like 60 days and my, um, my auto, the like primary presentation with my autoimmune stuff is called microscopic colitis. And it, there's other things that, um, come up too, but, that's the big one, the most like disruptive one, I guess. And yeah. it was like just game changer, like absolute game changer. Um, and, but it was really hard though. Like yeah. I didn't love it, you know, cause you're like literally, you're not eating carbs or anything. So it's like your sleep gets affected, like your mood, <laughs> you know, in the beginning is like all over the place. But after I got over the hump, um, it was pretty easy. And so I did that. And then I just like slowly incorporated things back in. And now what's really nice is I pretty much just eat, uh, completely normal, like whatever I want now. Yeah. And it's, it's been a year since I tried that 60 day experiment. And, mm -hmm. um, now the nice thing is, is when I feel like I'm having a flare up or even just like a, like a mood imbalance, really, um, I might spend like, 24 to 48 hours just eating that way yeah again or like a modified version of it that includes like some vegetables mm -hmm. and it's like really incredible to me how quickly i like bounce back again like my stomach just feels better my moods my mood stabilizes so fast like if yeah. i just can go for like a whole day without sugar <laughs> you know <laughs> like i feel like a different person like by the time i wake up the next day <laughs> you know so yeah, very, very sensitive to, to those kind of things. Yeah, same. That's phenomenal to hear that, you know, from different sensitivities. Like I don't have microscopic colitis or the similar autoimmune disease, but I do feel the same way in terms of just sensitivities to different food stuff. Yeah. Like, really, it's just a, you know, speaks to, again, as part of this journey that you're on, these things come up and as they come up and we're working with one another, you have to start to tackle those things. So I think, you know, if you're out there and you're listening, a good recommendation for you, especially if you struggle with disorder eating stuff is maybe, you know, step outside a little bit of the mental illness realm and maybe find a nutritionist, get some blood work, see if you have autoimmune stuff, see, start playing around with your diet. Cause you know, Mimi, you, you played around with your diet and you did carnivore at the advice of a doctor. Me too. I've done other restrictive things, but they weren't, in this illness, like this is disorder. This is like, I'm in pain, right? For me, it's lymphedema. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in pain. I need to do this kind of restrictive thing. And it actually, actually ends up helping so many other things. So do you well, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I guess that's why I was so resistant to it in the beginning, because in my mind, I thought like, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be really restrictive and it's going to be just another version of a disordered eating thing. Right. you know yeah and it was it's just funny because it was like exactly the opposite because i like showed myself like i can commit to something i can do it even if it sucks <laughs> you know i can have control and like a freedom in the sense that it's like you don't have to think just do what they tell you to do eat the thing they tell you to eat and don't think about it and then leave it alone you know and there's like a freedom to that um that I had never experienced before, because before I just, I, even when I was trying other, you know, dietary things to help with the autoimmune stuff, it's, it was always just like this mental math that was always going on, mm -hmm. you know, and it was like really exhausting. 
honestly. So, um, yeah, yeah, to not have to do that was, was super helpful. And so in a way I felt like it got me over a huge hump of like, of the way that I used to try to control, yeah. um, the disordered eating stuff. And also just like being able to like tell the truth about it, like yeah. not being afraid to like walk into a social situation and say like, Hey, I'm not going to have that. I brought my own thing. I have to do this right now, you know, like, and I, I like when I was kind of in the midst of all that, I took a trip back to Philly and I had to like spend the whole trip there with my friends being like, sorry guys, I can't, I was at like a baby shower and I was like, I can't eat these things. Sorry. And just like, not like really working through not feeling like some kind of shame about that or like a ju feeling judged, you know, or whatever, you know, like I just didn't care. I was like, it is what it is, you know, and it's working. So I'm just going to stick with it and the right people like they don't care you know yeah. <laughs> so yep. it's fine yeah. like they're just like well that's weird you're just going to eat a bag of dried mangoes for dinner okay <laughs> like <laughs> you know <laughs> that's fine <laughs> so um yeah yeah so it was fine and um and now i feel like yeah it's it's a lot easier to um to just not care like in terms of the disordered eating stuff you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's disconnected from it being disordered eating. I had that very yeah. same experience. I love that you said that, you know, like where you have to, you know, when you eat only meat and butter and salt, it's real weird. And you know, to like go to someone's house, like for the holidays and everyone's eating cookies, like you want a cookie? Well, can't have that. You know, this, and you mm -hmm. know, it's like, okay, this is awkward, but I didn't really feel that way. I don't feel that way because it's more about my health. And I think if I would have stepped out for me personally, if I would have stepped into that like years ago, I probably, I don't even think I would have had a dis eating disorder. If somebody would have been like, Hey, these things activate this in your body. Don't eat them. Not because there's a big emotion attached to it, but because it's just not good for your body, maybe wouldn't have gone down the path of like binging. I don't purging. I don't know. I, I speculate that sometimes. Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I also yeah. just think like this goes back to like we were saying before, like the truth telling thing, because, you know, like I said, now I eat whatever I want. And so it's been really interesting for me to kind of be in this headspace where I'm like, well, I am eating this dessert right now. And I know fully, fully <laughs> what yeah. it's going to maybe do to me later. And yeah. I can just accept that and not feel like shame or guilt about it, you know, <laughs> and just kind of be like, well, that was a choice, you know. <laughs> Yeah, And if you feel like crap later, then maybe you need to not do that for a little while, you know, <laughs> and just move, you just move on. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I think before I just was so good at like spinning all these narratives, like, oh, it's so hard. Like everything is so difficult for me and I can't do these things and blah, blah, blah. And now it's just like, no, I, I ate the piece of cake and now I feel kind of icky. <laughs> so yeah. Next, you know, <laughs> exactly. This is my, these are my choices. I'm not powerless. Yeah. I do have choices. If I stay in truth, I can look at big picture things like learning about consequences and then I can just be kind of better able to move on. Okay. So that brings us to like, what is life now? What is life now? Oh my gosh. What is life like now? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just so much easier. Like I, I very rarely feel scared of anything, which is so foreign to me, like Bill in a lot of ways. I just don't feel 
scared. Uh, like, I mean, unless it's like a, a true reason to, you know, like a safety thing, you know, um, sure. I can think of like one instance really in the last like five years where there was a moment where I felt kind of unsafe in a situation and it was valid and I took appropriate action. I don't live in this world where I'm constantly scared anymore. <laughs> and no, yeah. And so therefore I'm not like angry all the time too. Um, I, I get frustrated yeah. with things like my job or, you know, just annoying things that happen in life, you know, but I'm not like angry, you know, I don't, it's not something that's like consuming me. Um, so that's really nice because it just, I walk around like a lot lighter, I guess now. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, like I said before, I don't have to do, I did a lot of mental math in a lot of areas of my life and I just don't have to do that anymore. You know, um, I feel like I live in reality. I know what the truth is. I know what the consequences of things are and I accept them and I just kind of like deal with them and move on. I don't like play these games with myself, you know, like if this, then that, you know, um, I don't like resist it either. You know, like if, if, I am feeling bad or if, if like something bad is happening, I'm not like fighting it, like trying to resist it, yeah. which is a huge thing. I did that so much. Um, and so, you know, like I still mess up a lot, like people do, but um, you know, in the past when I would make a mistake, I would like push back I'd get really defensive, whatever. Um, it's a lot easier for me now to, kind of just pause and be like yeah I screwed up <laughs> like um can you help me <laughs> like or you know like help me fix it or whatever um and and then I don't it's just so much easier to like deal with that stuff when you're not like shame spiraling all the time you know <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and you know you, we've already talked about like you went home which was huge you know again for the black sheep thing and people who listen understand what you're saying. So it doesn't mm -hmm. need a ton of, I think, explanation. But I do think, like, that's so phenomenal that you went from being alone, like, choosing this narrative of I'm alone, nobody, I can't connect to people, to going home, reconnecting with yourself, connecting with your family, building relationships that you never had. Like, you have a sister now, which is, like, so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's, it is pretty cool. And, you know, like, and it just expands out from there, too, because I have, well, I have my sister, I have a brother-in-law, like, I've got other family members who, you know, I just, same thing with my mom, I'm just like, I just decide I'm not going to be upset with you. And the relationship gets better, you know, because of that, like, you know, my, my grandma's really similar to my mom, and she can be frustrating. And I'm just like, I just, I'm going to choose not to care, you know, yeah. and then same with friends too. Like I know what I'm willing to tolerate from people or not, you know? And, um, so I'm kind of, my friendships have gotten a lot better because of that. Um, you know, I have like one friend in particular who like does things that sometimes just like, <laughs> I, I like don't understand. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know what? I just, I'm going to choose not to care, you know, like, I'm just choose not going to gonna let it bother me. Yeah, I'm just choosing to love you. Like, you're a weirdo, and I love you anyway, you know, so, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Because you get to the, you come to the point where you're like, we're all weirdos. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. I do things that's gonna that are gonna upset you in my own history, and you do things that are gonna upset me. We don't have to dwell on it. We can just upset one another and move on, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's just very calm. It's like it's nice, and yeah, you know, I didn't really think it was gonna be like this. <laughs> you know? When you have a relationship now, you want to talk a little bit about that? And yeah. What yeah it's really weird because it's still like it's sort of a new relationship in a lot of ways we only have been together for about seven months and we already live together which is like <laughs> so to put it into context i i have only ever lived with one other person and that was quite literally a decade ago <laughs> and so i'm just i don't um typically have relationships that last more than six months to be honest um so i it definitely moved really fast but it was also like one of those things where um it didn't bother me that it was moving fast and when the opportunity presented itself to move it together it was just like a no-brainer because it felt like this relationship was different so i just wasn't worried about it whereas before i would be with people and i'd spend the whole time just like what is this where are we going what are we doing do how do i really feel about you how do you really feel about me just like again mental math you know like that yeah pointless and wasted a lot of time and energy and i also just like i used to find myself like falling into relationships a lot like with mm -hmm. people where they, they would be like, I love you. And I'd be like, okay, I guess we're together now. You know, <laughs> like I just didn't really like choose people, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's just really nice to like be with someone and be like, uh, I really, I wanna be with you. I wanna keep being with you. And I, yeah. I feel like I like him more and more all the time. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. I think it's huge because, you know, it's tough to want to, it's tough to find your person after everything you've been through. And it's been five years, but it's only been five years. And then it's, you know, I know for a, a while you were like, you know what, if you don't meet these criteria, I've had so much pain. I just can't go there, you know? And so that was also something that helped now for you to be in a relationship with someone who, you know, is like you're headed down in this direction of growth with this person and you're moving in with this person, like that's a big deal. It means that you've, you know, you're moving to find your, maybe this is your person, right? Yeah, I have a feeling it is, yeah. but it's funny you talk about the criteria thing because I feel like my priorities were so whacked out before. Like I was so, when it came to relationships, I would get hung up on like, oh, you don't like the same music as me. I can't be with someone who doesn't like the same music as me, you know? And now it's like the opposite. I'm just like, I don't give a crap what kind of music you listen to. Um, I just want to know, can you have a conversation? <laughs> like, yeah. can you keep a job and take care of yourself? Can you be nice to me when we're having a disagreement and like not punch a hole in the wall? <laughs> like, you know, Aww, that's, yeah. that's what I care about. And I'm like, yeah, that stuff then those other things those like little things like your interests and your hobbies and that's just a bonus you know and and then it's like even more fun but it does it's like either way it's like if my partner now if we had different tastes and things i don't think i would care because like that foundation stuff was just way more important to me but we do have a lot of the same tastes so it works out <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that is good. I mean, yeah, I'll never forget. <laughs> I can't. Oh my gosh, I can't even. The one relationship that you were first dating a while back and like the, the person rode bikes, but you didn't have a bike. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we called him Bike Boy. You were like, Bike Boy. Yeah. You rode him off because you could never ride bikes like that. It was just, you know. Well, I just was like, yeah. And that was dumb because he was like a lovely person and like possessed really great qualities that I was looking for. But I was like, you know, he's really into this like mountain biking thing. And I'm yeah, just like, that is not my thing. <laughs> you know, like that actually mattered, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was great because like you said, you know, it was all part of, it is all part of this learning experience leading you to where you are now. So we can laugh about it and you know, don't have to put too much weight in it. You just didn't understand the world the way you do now because things were pretty brand new and you had just been learning, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. Your story is so inspiring, you know, and I know that it will be inspiring to other people, which is why I wanted to do it first of the year. And, you know, you're, it's not over, like you said, it's a lifelong thing. So what are things do you think that, you know, in the future you want to, you're focusing on? What do you think the future will bring for you? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the way that I kind of view the whole thing is like a video game in a lot of ways, like you're just like leveling up all the time. And it's like, there's new challenges on each level, but you also have better skills. So you're like equipped to handle them, you know, so yeah, like, I, I always used to say like, I like to myself, I don't know if I ever said it to you, I feel like I might have, but I'd always say things like, I wanna just have normal problems, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause like my problems were not normal, you know? Like I was doing crazy stuff. And like, I, now I'm, I'm at that level where I'm like, okay, I do feel like I have normal problems now, you know? Like I, I have like work frustrations and, you know, like I'm, you know, oh, the car broke down or like just like normal everyday, like basic human stuff. It, yeah. It's like weird because it's like, yeah, it's so frustrating. But I was like dying to have those be my problems for a really long time. And so um, so now I just feel like my goals are to like keep working to just be like a regular human, <laughs> you know, and like function as a regular human and like meet those challenges because I know there's just going to be more and more that come all the time. And, um, and I feel like that's not scary anymore. You know, it's like exciting in a way, you know, cause I know that I can handle it. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, but also like, I just, I want to, you know, because I am the relationship stuff is really new. I mean, I, I want to, now i now that i've like found this person i'm like i want to know what it's like to actually like grow and bond with someone yeah. you know because i never got to like like true bonding stages with people not in a healthy way you know so yeah that's a big thing for me is just like what does it mean to like get past like that those first like dopamine filled <laughs> months <laughs> in the beginning to like the that kind of like leveling out where you're like i'm very attached to this person and it's not about like some sort of big passionate thing anymore you know <laughs> like it's no about, it's just like, building a life you get to yeah build building a life. a life yeah yeah that's huge yeah. yeah it seems so like overwhelming and daunting to say it that way like building a life with someone but yeah i mean from the chaos of like, am I fat today? Am I good enough today? Mm -hmm. Is someone going to yeah. leave me today? Who do I need to fight today to gain 
access to like justice from that life, which I'm speaking from, you know, my own yeah. journey as well, not just from yours, but from that life to the life of like, yeah, let's do normal. Let's like yeah. have a work day that's frustrating. That sounds amazing. And you would say, <laughs> we talk about that. So that's interesting that you come back around to that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I just, I guess that's what I want to do right now. It's just like build a life, you know? What is something that you wanted to share with listeners when times get tough or just in general about recovery? Like, how do you keep going and what's some advice that you have? Yeah, I mean, I think it ties in kind of with what you're talking about, like movement, like taking action. Like, I think for me, just being very action oriented is really helpful. Um, So I used to do a lot of talking in circles and a lot of like, I'm going to do this or I want to do this or I'm sorry about this, you know, but just actually like getting my head down and doing it like is what's helpful um, for me. So I feel like, you know, like when people are thinking about like, who they want to be or like what kind of behaviors they want to engage in. It really, I mean, it sounds so simplistic and like kind of silly, but it really is just like, stop talking about it and just start doing it. You know? Yeah, Um, absolutely. That's what it was for me. It's like, just go outside, take a walk, you know, (laughs) or like, you know, now for me, a lot of it is um, like, I just put my head down and like wake up at like the crack of dawn every morning and go to the gym, you know, so I can like stick to that routine, you know, or even like if, you know, being in an uncomfortable situation where you have to like confront someone about a problem or whatever, just like, you know, just do it and like, get it, get it out of the way, you know? Um, anytime I have like some kind of disagreement with like a family member or something, or even like a colleague at work, I'm just like, Hey, like what's, what's really going on right now, you know, (laughs) and not like dancing around stuff. Um, so yeah, just like taking action, I feel like is the biggest thing, which it's like the hardest thing in the world to do until the moment that you do it. Well, thank you so much, Mimi, for coming on the podcast. I mean, now you get to take emotions and use them with creativity and love and building your new life. Just so yeah, cool. I really appreciate it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we got to, to finally do it. And I mean, I hope that it's helpful for somebody, you know? Oh, yeah, no doubt it will be. Yeah, there's just so many people with that with the same similar struggles who are like feeling like the black sheep. And I know that they're going to hear this and feel encouraged. I mean, to have gone from running away, living as a black sheep to home to now in a relationship that you're excited about in a world where you can tell the truth and understand empathy and understand like feelings. That's that's a big deal. Many people will appreciate that. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Rose. Thanks for all your help. 